Hello, and welcome to the Homes for Hope podcast. My name is Dre Coultry, and I'm the Western U.S. representative for Homes for Hope and your host today. If you're not aware, Homes for Hope is a building industry response to global poverty. Since our founding, we have expanded our mission to serve in over 20 countries and have had the privilege of investing over $1.6 billion in the dreams of underserved men and women through microenterprise development. Today on our show, I'm happy to say we have the one and only Amy Druhat, VP of Sales at Eastwood Homes. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Drake. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Yeah. So, Amy, for those that that may not know you, um, can you share a little bit about your position at Eastwood Homes and what exactly you do there? Sure. So I am the VP of sales for Eastwood's Richmond division. So I am based in Richmond, Virginia, uh, which is one of eight divisions that we have uh, through Eastwood Homes. Um, I oversee our sales operations here locally, uh, but I also am very involved in our industry on a local basis. Uh, I am the president of Professional Women in Building here in the Richmond market, which is the first PWB in the state of Virginia. And I also sit on the executive leadership board for the house that she built with Molly Elkman. And I also serve on our uh, local home building association board. And so I'm very involved in uh, just trying to do everything I can to uh, help support other organizations outside of just Eastwood. Uh, but I've been here about six years and uh, work directly with our sales team, as well as help to oversee the training operations for our company as well. I love that. So it's safe to say you have a little bit of skin in the game when it comes to the building industry. Would that be yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. I love that. I love that. And so this uh, tees us up well for our first segment. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued based off all of uh, your areas that you approach the building industry, what exactly it is that you think the building industry should be keeping front of mind right now, summer of 2023. So take it away. Yeah, so thanks so much for that introduction. I actually think that uh, I wanted to talk about two different ideas that I think that the leaders in our industry really need to be thinking about in today's environment. And the first of which is an idea of thinking in terms of future self. And the reason that I say that is because I think since 2020, we have been all uh, forced to become reactive in our decision-making process. So things were constantly changing, not just in our industry, but obviously outside of our industry. And we were having to pivot almost daily. And this conditioned us to create habits around being reactive. So we haven't really been focusing on what can we do today to bring peace to our organizations in the future. Future self was an idea that I formed around traits of being a high capacity person. So as I mentioned, last year was quite the whirlwind year for me. Sales pace was strong. I was adding to my sales team while developing existing team members. I was taking on new responsibility as I worked towards the VP of sales role. And we were still coming out of systems and sales strategies that were set during the pandemic. And then outside of that, I've had new opportunities uh, that were presenting themselves to work with women in our industry outside of my company, and not to mention balancing being a wife and a mother of seven. 
And so people kept saying to me, girl, I don't know how you are doing everything that you're doing. And if I'm being honest, most days I don't know that I'm really sure how I was doing it either. I think I was just holding it all together with like kale juice and mascara. Um, But when I took a moment to pause and reflect, I realized that there were particular habits that I was doing consistently to allow myself more margin to do more. And prioritizing my future self was really at the top of that list. And that's when I started asking myself the question, what can I do today to bring peace to future Amy? So how can I be proactive? What is the one thing that I could get done now so that I'm not rushing last minute to get it done later? Um, Or what systems can I set up to create easeability for my future self? So not just useful, but easy. And that really got me thinking, what if we as leaders in our organizations started to think in those terms? What can we do today to bring peace to our organizations in six months and 12 months and then even beyond? So if we've been doing things a particular way and it's no longer no longer serving us, then I think we need to do what I like to refer to as the Missy Elliott technique, which means we need to put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. So for those of us who are still doing things the reactive way or hoping that the ways of 2019 will come back, it's time that we move on and kind of start envisioning a new future and a new way of doing things for our organizations. Um, But I really think at the end of the day, that takes being intentional and visionary and and even brave because we all need to kind of ask ourselves first, what do we want the future version of our organizations to look like? And once we define that, then we need to set intentional paths on how we get there. And then we also have to be brave enough to implement these new processes and see them through because, let's admit it, it's hard to to adapt to change. And that's something we all need to start thinking about today if we haven't already. But I also want to make a good point about the importance of today as it relates to future self. So I recently was fortunate enough to watch a keynote that was given by our dear friend and industry sales training guru, Jeff Shore. And in it, he said something that just stopped me in my tracks. And it was one sentence, be where your feet are. And that was so relatable because I think we're all just rushing through life every day and not stopping to actually be where our feet are. And I was just like, yes, Jeff, preach. Um, We need to be where our feet are because as leaders, we're responsible not just for looking ahead, but also for looking around. So I think we need to look ahead and look around because if we look ahead and look around, then we're going to be more capable of making decisions that will bring us peace in the future. And peace in the future looks like production and efficiency, profit, retention, and that's both customer and employee-based. And this future will ultimately be the legacy that we leave behind in our organizations. But it also sets up the future for the generations behind us which ties into my second idea that I wanted to introduce about the concept of being a a hereafter leader. And this is something, Drake, that I think is very closely related to the work that you all do at um, Homes for Hope. So being a hereafter leader means being here in the today, so where our feet are, but also thinking about the after or how we will leave our organizations and the lives of the people that we touch. 
So it's not in thinking in terms of how things impact us or how we can benefit from things or leverage our positions for advancement, but instead, how can we use our talents and influence and uh, the gifts and the contribution that we give for the sake of the organization and also for those that we lead and work alongside but then also taking that a step further and looking for how we do this for people outside of our own organizations. It's interesting, my pastor recently spoke about how at the end of the day, the value of our lives will not be measured by what we accumulated, not by titles or awards or material things, but how much of ourselves we actually gave to others. And I think we can look at that also in terms of how much we give to the future of our organization and to our industries, because ultimately that's the legacy that we will leave behind. So when we look back at the end of our careers, we're not going to be focused on those superficial, tangible things. But instead, I think we'll want to look back and see how much we influenced and empowered and invested in the lives of others. So I think if we could uh, keep those two ideas at the forefront of the work that we're doing in our organizations and industry, so creating peace for our organization, organ, I'm sorry, organizational future selves and becoming hereafter leaders, then we will have left not just our organizations, but our industry better for it. Wow. Amy, that that was great. I have a, a laundry list of notes, including one that I didn't expect. Uh, Missy Elliott question mark. I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Um, but sincerely, thank you so much for sharing. This was this was amazing. Um, so I guess as a follow up question, my, my very first one, um, you talked about creating peace and, and being intentional um, with paths and processes. Uh, in, in how things look different than they have the past few years. And uh, the, the past few years have been a, a, a blip on the radar for everyone of like, oh, th- this was different. And so I'm curious, uh, practically, what did it look like for you once you decided, oh, I, I want to bring peace to the future version of this organization and to myself even, um, what did it look like to, to create those those new paths and processes? Well, I I think that peace is something that is so important in today's world because it's so valuable, because it's very difficult in today's world and in our society to find places and spaces where we are truly at peace. And so for me, it was about thinking about that future self and the things that I needed to do. I was being very reactive in every, every situation. So I constantly felt like, um, I wasn't showing up as my best self because when we're being reactive, we, te- we tend to be high-strung, uh, stressed out. We tend to kind of bark back at people because we're not at peace. And so I kept looking at, at my schedule and looking at the things I was committing to, and, and my schedule just kept filling up more and more. And I, I realized that in order to be able to do that and to be able to keep up with Uh, the demands and and the things that I really wanted to do and invest in, I need to create systems um, and hold myself accountable to saying, okay, if these are the things I'm going to do, what is the things, you know, that I need to do now in today's, you know, in today's um, schedule or whatever it is to set myself up so that I am not rushing last minute to do things. So, 
you know, I don't get to watch a lot of Netflix because in those moments when I have downtime, I'm looking at the opportunities to do things for my future self. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the idea is is when you have that moment, when your to-do list is done for the day, it's not sitting back and saying, okay, I've accomplished a lot. I've marked things off my list. Let me just relax. It's really looking at, okay, now that that is done, what are the things I can do next so that tomorrow I'm a little less stressed or a week from now or two months from now, what are the things I need to be doing today in order to make sure that future Amy is at peace? Yeah, that's great. Uh, hot take, Netflix is overrated, so you're doing great. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, I know we'll probably get some emails about that, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, so, but I am curious. It sounds like uh, you are quite intentional with, with future Amy, whether that's as a, as a mother or a spouse or an employee or a leader or whatever that looks like. Um, but I also uh, wrote down uh, a quote from our guest from episode one, shameless plug if someone wants to go listen to it, but from Jeff Shore, um, be where your feet are. So do you ever find this like dichotomy or this pushing and pulling of like, you want to think think of an idea or, or a tactic or a strategy that's good for Amy six months from now, but you also want to be exactly where your feet are on a Saturday with your family. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Does, do you ever feel that tension or do you feel like you found a good balance? No, I think it's a good balance because I think that in order to be intentional about your future self, you have to be in the today. And I think we're constantly looking ahead at, at things. And I, th- I think that is it's a very productive way of thinking is to to think of things that you can do so that you are at peace in the future. Mm-hmm. But that takes actually truly being where your feet are because being where your feet are means enjoying and, you know, again, like I said, you have to look ahead but also look around. So in looking around, you're looking for opportunities, but you're also – you're in the day-to-day. You're actually mm-hmm. looking at the day-to-day and enjoying it. And and the future self will also thank you because future self is also able to enjoy today so much more because you've made that effort and laid that groundwork. And, and so I do think it's a good balance. I think you have to have both in order to be successful at creating peace for your future self. Um, and that's by working in the day every day. And ultimately mm-hmm. that builds towards that peace in the future. I love that. That that makes sense to me. Uh, I think for myself, I can. I'm a sucker for a good budget. So it's like if you lay down the groundwork the month before for your personal finance, the next month you're going to have so much freedom because you already set forth the budget. You know what you're spending right. your money on. You know what you're not. So you're you're thinking ahead so that future self um, can be in a calmer place once mm-hmm. you once you get yeah. there. And so um, another thing that I just wanted to uh, highlight before we transition to our second segment, um, the hereafter leader. Can you can you tell me um, what that looks like in, in your world? I love that, and I'm gonna I'm totally gonna steal that at some point in life. That's a, that's great wording right there. Potentially even the title of this podcast. But um, but yeah, can you tell me a little bit how you how you came to that and uh, what that looks like in your day to day? Yeah, I, I think that if I'm being honest, for so long in my career, because my my background was not your traditional background of someone who ends up in a VP of sales role. I came from an administrative role. I had no, uh, I've never sold in a model home. There was a period of time during the recession where I cleaned houses for four years. And so my background was very different. Um, And I I became very focused on those uh, tangible superficial things, the titles, the awards, and that that was what was really driving me. But what I noticed was 
every time I accomplished something or every time there was another um, title or whatever it may be that I received, there was still this emptiness that I wasn't really feeling fulfilled. And and I was like, there, there has to be a reason for that. And so I was so focused on building my resume that I was not focused on building my legacy. And there was a pivotal mind shift that occurred where I realized that uh, when you really start investing and not hoarding your leadership, but actually helping others, that is where you get true fulfillment. That That's an actual true legacy. And so the more that you can invest in others so that when you you know, whether it's, you know, at the end of the day, you want to look back and say, okay, I left my organization better for for the being there because of the lives that I touched, the people that I invested in. You know, my pastor actually in that same sermon talked about this idea of emptying your cup. And, and so I can't fill your cup, but I can empty some of my cup into yours. And that is one of the most important things that we can do as leaders is look for opportunities to empty our cups because those are the individuals that are going to be left behind to lead the future of our companies and to lead our industry. Um, And so that's really where that idea came from was how can I not just contribute uh, from my own talents and, and the things that I'm doing, but once I move on, uh, what is the legacy that I've left behind and who are the people that I invested in in order to make sure that they also are becoming hereafter leaders and are thinking about how they can make an impact in the industry and in their company um, so that they, they too, have that influence over the, the individuals who come behind them. Wow, so good. Honestly, Amy, I could camp out on that for a while. But uh, as, I, as I told you before we recorded, we like to keep it relatively condensed. So we're, we'll move on to the, the next aspect of our podcast, which I'm just as intrigued to hear about. But um, in, in a similar vein to actually what you were just saying, um, Homes for Hope, we exist to invest in the lives of men and women in underserved countries. We follow in the footsteps of our founder, Jeff Rutt, when 26 years ago, he sent 12 small loans um, to some men and women in Ukraine to help invest in their businesses so that they could rise up out of poverty. And um, through that, we believe that there's no such thing as a self-made man, that everyone has been invested in by someone um, and that those that are invested in have time, skills, and talents that can be encouraged. Um, and so with that, Amy, I would love to hear from you who it was that invested in you, either personally or professionally, to help get to where you are today. So I feel that I have been very fortunate throughout my career to have multiple people that I could point back to and say, yes, in this moment, this person encouraged me, they taught me, um, they you know helped me grow or see my potential. But there's one individual in particular who I really feel uh, during a time that was very pivotal for me when I was uh, trying to figure out um, exactly what, you know, what direction I wanted it to go when it came to supporting women in our industry, I had the opportunity to have a very close relationship with Amy O'Connor from uh, Jeff Shore's uh, Shore Consulting. And uh, she, at that point in time, 
uh, we were just working together, but we had had conversations around this idea of a mastermind group. And I kept asking her, when are you going to do an all-female mastermind group? Like, this is something that we need in this industry, and you are the person who can, can do this. And so over time, we talked about it. And eventually one day, I think I was just like, you need to do this. Like, it's time. You've got to step up and, and just take the initiative and be bold and go out there and just brave it. And so um, Amy did put this together. But through that, um, we became very close. And she has been one of the most uh, impactful people in my life it's interesting. I always say that it's great to have cheerleaders, people who believe in you and invest in you and encourage you. But it's also important to have people that are in your critic corner that that can really, you know, keep it real for you. And and Amy is that perfect balance. I feel like she has been my biggest cheerleader when I didn't believe in myself. She's believed in me. Um, she's encouraged me. But at the same time, she keeps it real. When you know, I can always tell when I come to her with an idea. Uh, you know, she always is very supportive of the idea, but she challenges me. And we all need people who will who will challenge us. Like, yes, that's a great idea, but how are you going to get it done? Or, you know, have you considered A, B, and C? And with all those things in mind, you know, what are you going to do to be able to do this? And and I think it's really important then we that we have people in our lives who are willing to challenge us and willing to keep it real for us, but that also support us and believe in us. And 100%, Amy O'Connor has been that individual for me. And she, uh, even today, I, I feel like she is the one person that continues to invest and continues to uh, see me even for who I'm not or who I don't see myself as being. And, and that is very important to have. Um, and so I, you know, when I really think about the people who have influenced me and really invested time in me and encouraged me, she is that individual who ultimately, I believe, has made the biggest impact on me in my career. I always say at the end of the day, no matter what I do or whatever becomes of my career, that I will point back to to knowing Amy and having a relationship with her and say, she is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Hmm. So good. Shout out to Amy O'Connor. We'll we'll yes. shoot her this. <laughs> um, so, uh, question in regards to that. Um, the the first thing that came to mind. You said uh, she challenges you while encouraging you, and something I thought of. I was like, I think the. I hate to just ambiguously speak into the culture, but I feel like the culture is really good at challenging. They're not really good at following up with support. Um, and so I'm curious, what has that looked like in, in your relationship with Amy? Um, and does she have, did, did she have to first earn the ability to challenge you? Like, did you have to know that she already supported you before she could challenge you? I don't know. Could you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the way that she does this really, and, and this is where you know that it's the that the person has the right intent is when they they have nothing to gain, right? So she has nothing to gain from encouraging me, but but what she does is it typically when she's challenging me, it's it's to go bigger. When I come to her and say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking," or or "This is what I'd like to do," she's like, mm-hmm, "Okay, that sounds good. You need to go bigger. You can go bigger. You can do more." And, and so that's where uh, you know it's the right balance of, of an individual who's invested in the right way because they they have that belief in you. And 
and so I, it's hard to say, you know, does someone have to earn it? If you're if you're Amy O'Connor, I don't know that you have to really earn the ability to give someone, uh, you know, feedback and to and to encouragement. I, I think just in who she is, I was probably willing to take criticism day one. Um, yeah. But I, I do think it's important. I think that relationship and having a solid foundation in a relationship is really important because when someone's giving you feedback, you have to trust that person. I mean, there's mm-hmm. people give feedback all the time. There, there are a lot of people who give feedback that we should not listen to. You know, it's like, thank you for your feedback and move on. But, you know, there are individuals that uh, when you know that they are invested, truly invested in you and have the best intentions in mind, uh, those are the individuals that we need to be listening to. And and so, yeah, I, I do believe that, you know, she earned it a little bit through the personal relationship. But I think it's because it's always backed with her desire to push me to want more and to do more. Yeah. I'm curious uh, if there's an example that comes to mind where Amy wanted you to go bigger, where it might have been uh, it might have been tough for you to hear that. Um, you might have been a little nervous, but it, it, it worked out for the best in the long run. Can you think of a specific example? Uh, you know, I, I think that this opportunity that I had to get to know her even more through Women's Leadership Circle, um, there was opportunities last year where um, she asked me to step in and and to teach a segment in our women's leadership group. And I remember it's, it's so interesting how our lives change and how we evolve because if you would have told me last time, uh, last year at this time that I would have opportunities to speak in front of people or to be on a podcast sharing or whatever that may be, I would have said, there's no way. Like, that's crazy. I can't imagine even standing up in, you know, in front of five people and speaking. So it you know, having opportunities where I was insecure and we all had that imposter syndrome and she was like, you're crazy. You should be speaking. You need, people need to hear your story. People need, you know, you need to be out in front of people and, and talking. And so she kind of pushed me. It reminds me of like, I get this imagery of, you know, the little girl that is in a dance recital kind of off stage, not wanting to go on stage. And you've got the parent that kind of just shove, I don't, not pushes, but shoves them out onto the stage and then kind of cheers from the, the sideline that that is what that felt like a little bit in a lot of ways she kind of pushed me into things um, and I didn't want to say no you know and so it it really put me uh, in those situations where I was forced to be outside of my comfort zone and and every time she would be there on the other side of it saying see I, I knew you could do this you you know have the ability to do this you need to be confident and move past that imposter syndrome and so I think those are the examples of you know her pushing me into situations that that felt uncomfortable for myself um, but giving me the opportunity and believing in me which helped me to believe in myself yeah that that's so encouraging to hear because uh even I feel like even you just saying being willing to say yes to be on this podcast is probably fruit from Amy pushing you to uh, to teach and speak in front of that group of women um and so we're we're seeing the fruit ourselves at homes for hope so uh thank you Amy O'Connor for uh having <laughs> pushing Amy to out into the the spotlight a little bit more and realizing that um you do have uh, a, a rich history of wisdom and, and leadership that you can actually pass on to others. So that's that's exciting to hear. Um, well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. I did want to give you an opportunity uh, to kind of speak a little bit more into the Women's Leadership Circle before we end this episode. Uh, but what is it exactly that you would love to, to share with the listeners before we go? 
Well, I just think that, uh, you know, we all have these moments in our careers where we get opportunities to not, you know, we think about the opportunity to invest in our own selves. And we have people who invest in us, but it also takes us looking for opportunities to invest in ourselves. And that's typically where we find ourselves growing and uh, learning and and being able to connect more with other people. And I, I think that Women's Leadership Circle is a perfect space for that. And so Women's Leadership Circle is a mastermind group that is in the building industry. Uh, it is for women only, and uh, that is set up through Shore Consulting. Um, and so I would encourage you, if you are a female listening to this and you are looking for ways to connect and to uh, grow and, you know, to look for opportunities to, um, you know, really it's about connecting with like-minded women uh, while having the opportunity to grow within our industry. This is the perfect place for you. And if you want more information on that, I would suggest going to Shore Consulting, uh, their website, and getting connected with them and seeing how you can sign up for something like that because that really was a life-changing moment for me the day that I signed up for that. I had no idea the way that that group would impact my life and and change things for the better wonderful well we will make sure to put the link uh to the website in our show notes so people can just go from there um and and learn a little bit more about that but amy thank you so much uh for joining me on the podcast today sincerely and and listeners thank you for joining us as well for the homes for hope podcast i hope you found it as insightful and enriching as i did and you are encouraged to invest in those around you until next time this has been